morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Mario, also known as the Node Defender, is in the building. And today we've got a very special guest. Somebody who probably needs no introduction within our community, but has been a leader in the XRP community for several years now. The bearable bull is in the building, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the SEC sued Binance and Coinbase this week, now labeling over 60 crypto assets as securities in the process. With the SEC getting ready to battle these exchanges in court, we discuss how this will impact American adoption in the near future. The Atomic Wallet was hacked over the weekend, pushing investors away from self-custody and into qualified custodians. As SEC Chairman Gary Gensler told the world, the U.S. does not need cryptocurrency yesterday. The Federal Reserve seems to disagree. Swift Blockchain is collaborating with Chainlink to enhance efficiency of payments. And with the digital transformation of our banking system already underway, we break down the details, showing our community how institutions like J.P. Morgan and Bank of America are creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Johnny Crypto, we're going to get this thing rocking and rolling pretty quick here. But before we do, how are you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here this morning. Uh, abs, you know what? I'm feeling great. But more importantly, I am super excited. I'm going to quote one of the best wrestlers in the world when he says, Finally! The bull has come back to Good Morning Crypto. It's been way too long. I am super excited to have him back. Can't wait to hop into it, Abs. This is going to be a great day. Guys, we got the Node Defender joining us as well. And I see he forgot his Merlin gear, but it's okay because he's sporting the 3T uniform, which I appreciate. But Mario, how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Hey, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, super excited to be here. Hey, look, I may have forgotten the, the Merlin shirt, but Merlin's always here on my left side. So every day Merlin's going to be, every day that I'm on at least, Merlin's going to be right there. But super excited to, to have Bull back. Uh, I remember when we had Bull for the first time last year. I was super excited to have him on. And I'm super excited to have him on again today. So uh, I'm excited. Let's get this going. Terrible Bull, there's a lot on my mind, but I want to give you a shout out because you were one of the first big time, I guess not influencers, but educators in the space to come on our show. So I want to say thank you for that. But first of all, how are you feeling this morning and what's on your mind? Dude, honestly, I'm just trying to figure out whether or not my left nipple is a security. Um, I'm, I'm really trying, based on everything that's happened, to make sure that I don't get sued by the SEC <laughs> by any means necessary because they're just going to say I should have known. Right, so. By the way, just for the record, if Gets was here, it's, it's a security, just so you know. It's a security. They're all securities. Good Lord, yeah. We're um, going to be debating it today for sure, Bull. But before we do, we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by showing you my Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We're at 4,400 followers. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in fear this morning, Johnny Crypto, sitting at a 44. And when we check out some of the daily movers, it's basically right across the board. We've got Bitcoin up 2%, XDC up about 4%. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at $1.1 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 46% dominant. Ethereum is about 20%. And we've got Bitcoin sitting at 26,500. Ethereum is 1,800. XRP up about 3% on the seven days, sitting at 52 cents this morning. And Cardano has taken a massive hit, down 12% on the seven day. I'm sure that has something to do with the SEC labeling that project as a security. 
And we'll scroll down to Quant Network sitting at 113 this morning. And Bearable Bull, before we get into our articles for today, we're going to talk XRP. We're going to talk XLM. We're even going to talk a little Chainlink for us. But first, let's talk a little Coinbase because everybody's discussing how Binance and Coinbase are going to be going into battle with the SEC. What we've been saying on our channel is Ripple has a unique situation lying in front of them right now. Ripple's in a situation where there could be the only crypto company with clarity and the only token with regulation backing it. So with that being said, how do you feel about the uh, Binance and Coinbase lawsuits? Obviously, I'm assuming you're not surprised. Not surprised at all. Um, I was actually, people people like uh, like being very mad at me whenever I bring situations that could be considered FUD. I remember there was a time back uh, in 2022 when I said, hey guys, there's a very real possibility Coinbase uh, could go bankrupt just for whatever reason. And now this is going to be a situation where we're in a bear market one. So Coinbase's revenues are over here getting uh, getting demolished. And now we have this SEC case, which is a lot of money going into just legal battles against the SEC, maybe even a potential settlement. It's not FUD. It's just awareness of what's going on. And even with Binance and their situation, look, I'm, I'm very sure that CZ has some dirty laundry there. Uh, I don't think these cases specifically with Binance is going to be squeaky clean like Ripple's cases has looked so far, right? Like Ripple looks pretty good. Um, but it, it seems to me like the, the SEC may be over here a little stretched thin. So to me, I believe that what they're doing is trying to uh, go against tokens via going through the exchanges as opposed to how Jay Clayton did it uh, going just directly for a single token. So it's interesting. Exchanges are definitely the choke point and uh, can't say I'm surprised one bit, but uh, resources for the SEC might be getting a little thin considering they're going against three Goliaths all at once. So I'm very interested to see what happens in the coming weeks with the Ripple case. I think this is an initial signal that uh, something needs to break with this case very soon in order for them to move on. But if, if we get a favorable ruling, we might see a, a weakened SEC stance against some of the tokens they're alleging are security. So very exciting, very exciting times, in my opinion. Another exciting detail for everybody in the XRP community is next Tuesday on June 13th, the William Hinman emails are going to be released. And Johnny, we've been talking about it all week on our show. But while we're on the Coinbase lawsuits, I want to get this out of you. We discussed it yesterday. Is this a sign that the SEC and Ripple have coming to a close? Because if they're going to take on Coinbase and Binance in court, they're going to need a lot of resources. And I don't think they have the resources right now to take on Ripple, Coinbase, and Binance simultaneously. So I'm going to ask you, is this a sign that Ripple and the SEC is coming to a close? Um, I don't think it's related from that perspective because if you think about it, they've already put the time, effort, and resources into litigating and providing everything they needed to the courts for the ripple case for the last two and a half freaking years. Now they're kind of done with that, right? We'll see where that whole thing ends up. And if that thing goes to a jury or not, it's another two years before that happens. So no, I don't think the two are related. I think the timing is what matters in terms of just, you know, don't forget they, they've got a big budget and they went and hired a bunch of people and they said they were coming after crypto this year. And so I just think it's just, they're going to start coming now and focusing their gun. I told you, if these companies didn't come to get Ripple, Coinbase, Binance, if these guys didn't come together and form a coalition, this is what was going to happen to them. They were going to get picked off one by one. And instead of coming together, they're all fighting with each other and pointing fingers at each other and not realizing the enemy and my enemy is my friend. And we all know the enemy to them in crypto is the SEC. And so 
if they don't figure this out and come together and start lobbying Congress and get laws passed, it's just going to continue to happen for a while until hopefully one or two of these companies wins in court and that will help set some precedent. Otherwise, Ab, it's going to be an all a long, ugly road, in my opinion, because um, right now we are in what we call the then they fight you stage. And boy, they are they are fighting it right now very hard. But at the end of the day, I told you, as I believe, this will come to an end. The big boys will just position themselves to get in position so that they can ultimately own the sandbox. Spot on, Johnny Crypto and Mario. A narrative that we've heard from day one is that 99% of cryptos are going to go away. When we look at how the SEC is regulating the market today, they're going after everything. And I called it yesterday. I called it a crypto machine gun. They're just spraying everything they can at the crypto market and seeing what they hit. Well, first of all, they're going after legitimate projects. We thought they would go after staking. We thought they would go after layer ones. They're attacking everything. And so my question to you, Mario, is, is this a surprise? How do you feel about the SEC going after legitimate projects like Cardano, Algorand, while Pepe coin, it's left to rain? Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. I mean, it's not really a surprise because they've been hinting, hinting at it for, for a while now, you know, with the Wells notices and stuff. But the surprise is the fact that they continue to uh, say that they are trying to protect investors when in reality they're going after the legitimate projects like you mentioned well, you know what about ftx what about the meme coins what about the projects you know the thousands of projects or tokens or coins whatever that are out there that have essentially no meaning no company no fundamentals behind it that's the part that's that's mind-boggling and yesterday when gensler was being asked some questions on cnbc you know he kind of he kind of stated the fact that um you know people give the value to these coins well then he was asked about ftx and he kind of stuttered and didn't really know how to respond there and and that's really where the frustration should come in it's when he should be protecting the investors he's not and instead he's going after all these coins that we know we the people that um you know crypto enthusiasts that have been researching and spending hours of the day and the week you know trying to understand this technology we know that this technology is here to stay that's that's out of the question we're definitely in the fight stage. And in my opinion, I get the feeling that this fight is just getting started. Uh, unfortunately, with you know the, them coming out after Binance and Coinbase, I get the feeling that this thing is going to drag on for a little bit longer than we anticipated. Or we get something out of Ripple that could essentially knock some, you know, it could it could um, push it in the in a, in a better direction as far as the litigation against Coinbase and Binance. That's the best case scenario. But worst case scenario is this causes more delays. And I hope that these two new lawsuits that we just saw come out the last few days don't cause any more delays in the Ripple versus SEC or SEC versus Ripple case. Absolutely. And, and one, go ahead, Bill. Can I jump in there real quick? Thank you. That um, I just think when we see big events like this, it's a catalyst for something to happen. I think we can all agree being in the crypto market for as long as we have the worst, most grueling times are when we're just trading sideways. There's no news. There's no. So I I like good news and I like bad news. I hate no news. Right. And personally, I think it's no coincidence that we had, you know, Pepe Le Frug, you know, just go on its absolute moon mission to draw in unsuspecting retail investors, just like we did with Shiba and Doge before. Um, right before they they slap us in the face with this lawsuit. So um, I believe right now this was a max pain and fear moment. I think we might actually be faked out and, and be ready to see some 
some gradual little price action in the positive direction because that may make some sense. But it's not anything long term. We're still in a bear market. And I still think a financial crisis is coming even maybe even later this year. But that's something to keep in your minds. And also just a big point that I want to hammer home as well. I'm really curious to see what the hell Coinbase does when it comes to relisting XRP. Because what what's going to happen? Huh? Is everything a security? Are you going to delist everything? Are you going to lose out on all your business model? Are you going to be smart? You know, take a stand because you're in fucking trouble anyway, even though you tried not to be like, I want my liquidity. Boom. Give me my money. Give me my XRP back. There's no reason to keep it back anymore. Right. Yeah. An allegation was enough to take XRP off. You either have to take everything else off or bring us back on. There's no reason why now. So uh, I'm very curious to see. And Johnny, this is where I'll give you your props because I can remember all the way back last year, I believe it was in the summer of 2022, you were saying if crypto companies don't come together and get in front of the SEC, they're going to be playing a game of catch up. And here we are today. There's a couple of videos I want to play, but I want to get started with this Brad Garlinghouse clip explaining how the Ripple case is so much bigger than just XRP. Thank you for having me. I think it is, uh, as you introduced, the reason why the Twitter crypto community cares so much about this question is it's not just about Ripple. It really is, as was introduced, that the whole industry is impacted by this decision. Mm. The irony is the only country on the planet that thinks XRP is a security is the United States, is the United States SEC. Okay, well, Brad, our litigation analysts here at Bloomberg Intelligence think that the SEC ultimately is going to win this. That's just an opinion. It's a hypothetical scenario. But in that scenario, how does Ripple move forward? Look, unfortunately, Ripple is already operating in a world where it's as if we have lost. Despite that fact, Ripple had a record year last year. Uh, We continue to grow very quickly across our major product groups. Now, unfortunately, that growth is almost all coming from outside the United States. And we are hiring more and more people outside the United States. But our customer base now is about 95% non-U.S. companies, non-U.S. payment companies. Hey, listen, bitch. I apologize for that. I forgot about the clip. But Johnny, what a <laughs> Abs, no play it through. Come on. Come on. We can play the clip. It's already, it's already through the worst. Now we have 100 shares of Ripple. Now we have 100 shares of Ripple. Yeah, I know it's going down, but believe me, I know my ripple will be coming up real soon. A real clip from the early 90s. Whether you guys believe it or not, that's not a fake clip. There's actually a clip about talking about ripple. What I want to focus on within that Brad Garlinghouse video, though, is the fact that he said something at XRP Vegas that really stuck with me. He said, while ripple's journey at the SEC is coming to a close, the rest of the industry's journey against the SEC is only beginning. And with them going after projects like Cardano and Algorand, I think it's more clear than ever that they're regulating by enforcement. So I want to get this thing started with what you're anticipating, not only for the Ripple case, but how do you feel about companies like Coinbase and Binance needing to come together right now against the SEC? Are you asking me that question yeah. specifically? It's, yes, it's funny, right? Because uh, we're over here looking at the maxis doing Twitter spaces, uh, all up on Twitter and no XRP community people are ever in those. They don't let us go up in there. They just regurgitate the same self-righteous thought vomit in every max, the echo chamber that they've ever been a part of. So it's interesting. But, you know, I, I have no sympathy. I have no mercy. I don't care because this is actually the best case scenario for XRP holders, right? The best case scenario for XRP holders is we get clarity. 
we see our token be given free reigns to to be able to finally be used in the U.S. and and people have more confidence to use it uh, from a regulatory front uh, everywhere else. And also, um, I want to see the rest of the market take a shit so I can maybe take some profits from XRP and and roll them over into some high quality tokens like maybe an algo that's got a being accused maybe an ada that's being accused maybe some of the other ones so this is the best case scenario for us it's the worst case scenario for the market and frankly as an xrp holder i don't care <laughs> like this is what i've been waiting for this so let me ask you this bearable bull when we talk about algorand in particular it's one of the ones that not only does it have real use cases but we thought it had serious adoption it's iso compliant it's got plenty of partnerships in the financial industry this is a project that was above $2 just two years ago. Now it's sitting at $0.12. Cents. So let me ask you, when you look at this, is this a black swan moment? Is this the worst the worst days for Algorand, but the best opportunity for buyers? Um, it's definitely a great opportunity. I think it's below the value where most of us uh, really pinpointed it a couple years ago. Uh, it's at a great price. It's down on average. I, I believe I got it at around 44 cents. I'm down 75% on it. I have no fear. That's that's honestly light work considering crypto bear markets, right? So um, for those of you just getting in or that haven't accumulated yet, it is a great time. Remember what happened after XRP got sued. It went to 17 cents roughly, and then that was the low it's ever achieved. I think this is a low moment for Algorand, probably. Um, but it, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think the SEC lawsuits that crypto companies uh, will be suffering through are going to be their success tax and their road, road to clarity. I think the SEC is choosing who's going to win through enforcement actions, and it's up to us to be able to pinpoint that. We had Nexo, we had Kraken, now we have Coinbase and Binance and Algo. These are all quality projects and quality exchanges. Like we're not over here seeing small exchanges got sued. We're not over here seeing Tether got sued. We're seeing things that could be compliant at some point get sued. So it's it's very, very telling in my opinion. It's very interesting that they're going after legitimate projects while allowing meme coins to exist within the market. But guys, we got 476 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And I put out an interesting poll yesterday, Bull. I said, what do you believe happens first? An XRP all-time high or a Ripple IPO? I'd like to get an answer from you, and then I have a follow-up question. Oof. Wow. This is, this is nothing but speculation. I do believe – so this is my – take so coinbase ipo'd at the exact top of the bull run right last time i think ripple is uh going to be looking to ipo in a less favorable environment for markets in general and i think what that's gonna and and what i when i say that i mean they're not going to pump and dump their stock right i think they're just gonna ipo when it's most strategic for to see xrp's utility begin to ramp up so then it's nothing but a nice gradual up uptrend for them so i do think i think an xrp all-time high is easier to see first but i think a ripple ipo could be coming first i, I think it could after this case is done who knows when but i think especially i think both of those could happen uh in 2024 to be very honest with you and here's the $100 million follow-up question. Somebody else in our community, Molly Elmore, said, there's going to be a time in between announcing the IPO and the actual IPO. 
what do you believe happens to XRP price during that time? It's a great question. And what we speculated on is a gradual increase, not anything drastic, but some sort of gradual increase because we know utility would be coming. We know there would be hype when it officially IPO'd. So what are you anticipating in the time between an announcement, if it did happen, and the actual price of XRP? Yeah, uh, I think personally, we've seen Ripple have unbelievable news throughout the years, and that hasn't affected the price at all. Um, so I do think to a certain degree, XRP and Ripple, um, the company are de-pegged as, as far as that is concerned. However, um, if XRP were to react in the event of IPO news, I do think that it wouldn't be a gradual climb because I've never seen XRP do a gradual climb. I think it would be like a sharp pump um, off the news and, you know, a retrace, reaccumulation, something like that. And and then we'll, we'll see what happens afterwards closer to the actual IPO date. So since we're talking about the XRP price, we may as well go into a little technical analysis here. One of the things that we've been watching is the weekly chart, which looks more bullish than ever. But I'd like to hear from you, as we look at the XRP price chart, and we're seeing this gradual increase in price here, 53 cents has been a key level of resistance. But if you listen to guys like Blockchain Backer and, and some other people who do TA, they say if we get above 55 cents, we could see a breakout all the way to 80. And you know, as somebody who puts out XRP content, every single week for several years. I'd just like to get a, a real hard definitive number. What are you anticipating before we see utility, before anything like that? If this lawsuit ends and there's positive news for Ripple, what are you anticipating? Sure. So I actually, uh, believe it or not, I got on a nice little phone call with Waters Above yesterday, I believe. And I'm like, Waters, what are you seeing in the stars, my brother? Tell me, tell me, decode this chart for me, please. And, you know, we were just grappling with the, idea that um, we're seeing a little bit of delayed of a delayed uh, reaction as far as what we expected around May. But I do think that 80 cents to a dollar is very realistic, especially because we see the perfect storm. The XRP chart is coiling up a little bit. Um, we, we have the, these Hinman docs and also uh, like Brad Garlinghouse said, the potential conclusion of this came, case coming soon. So both of these things combined with the fact that uh, I do think the price has been so suppressed and the overall market has been so bearish for so long. I need we I think we need to see a little bit of a relief rally, but it's not it's going to be definitely a fake out. It's not the real thing. We're not going to go to 589 after the case is over. We're not even going to reach all time highs, in my opinion, after this case is over. Um, we have to be very grounded. We're still in a bear market. We still need. I, I think we still need to see a stock market crash to to bring on the crisis that uh, will inevitably be where XRP comes in to solve it. And we're still we're still pre interest rate uh, interest rate cuts. Right. And I do think that when the pivot happens, that'll be a catalyst for the crash. Then eventually, once they start inflating and printing money again, I think that's when we'll see a nice little uh, rally coming our way and, and probably no all-time highs to to uh, conservatively i think 10 to 15 but i also think because we've been so suppressed for a long time 15 to 20 is very realistic as well into 2024 and beyond my friend so things are looking up they are so let me ask you this as a quick follow-up when we do see prices like that and let's say we saw a 12 dollar xrp are you thinking it's going to be what it has been in the past a quick volume spike and then a long-term bear market is that what you're anticipating mm -hmm. uh well 
It'll be interesting because we're not there. We don't know who's going to be using XRP at the time. And definitely, if we do get to new all-time highs, I don't expect it to stay there. I actually had uh, an interview with Bob Way uh, just a couple of days ago. And we talked about the idea of XRP being a stable coin, right? Because we've seen in different do government documents that XRP has been referred to as a stable coin. And he's like, that is rubbish. Uh, governments get it wrong. But maybe they just view it that way to a certain point because of how fast XRP is. Who knows why they call it that? But this is what I'll personally say. There will not be the 90 to 95% crashes that XRP has experienced this time around. I think it'll be more of a, if we see a rechase, it'll probably be a 60 to 70% correction, right? Because we'll, we'll have more use case in place to, to stabilize, stabilize the price quite a bit. So that's what I see coming after this whole litigation is done. Johnny, I want to get some additional comments from you. But when we look at the XRP price chart, he brought up some big price targets. I mean, you're talking about $10, $12 XRP. Here's a little technical analysis that could show us how that takes place. All the time with XRP, we go through these short runs, 12 months of bullish price action, 26 months of bear market, 13 months of price action, 27 months of bear market. Well, we're closing out on that right now, Johnny, and we're about to head into what could be 14 months of bullish price action for XRP. And I think that's how bearable bull is getting to those price targets. So let me ask you, what are you anticipating? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I have my price targets up here on the wall. And and I my first, when we get to like a certain like level, my first level, I had always, now it's going to take a while to get there, but I had had 10 to 12 as one of the targets for sure that we would hit. And then another one further down the road, somewhere in the low 50s, 40 to 50s. But on the way to 10 to 12, I don't think we're going straight 10 to 12. I've been saying that for a while. I don't think we see that. We're not going to see any, you know, monster, I think, huge run after the lawsuit. Because, you know, if it happens, let's say, next month and a month after, we're not in a bull run. We're not all that speculation and all that free liquid money that's out there in a bull run isn't there right now. And you've got the Fed that's no longer printing money, but pulling back money. So it's a different, like uh, Bull said it earlier, we're in a different environment right now. If this lawsuit had happened or the conclusion of it had happened during the bull run, eh, maybe then we see close to 10 to 12, but I don't think we see anywhere near that in the short term apps. I've been saying that I think it's going to be a few years before we get there, but I hope I'm wrong and I hope we get there. I'm thinking, you know, we see more in the one to three, maybe $5 range if we're lucky. This year, if we're lucky, you know, if it should happen. But I, I think those numbers are, are achievable, but I think it's going to be further down the road. And Anthony Pompliano was commenting on the lawsuit earlier this morning, guys. And this is just another reason that Bitcoin maximalists should not be commenting on XRP. you see any sort of clarity on that particular lawsuit soon? Yeah, what usually happens in these situations is uh, when the SEC comes forward with some sort of action, uh, usually companies will either take one of two paths. They will either say, yes, uh, we are going to settle and we're going to kind of choose a quick end to uh, this battle, uh, or they kind of dig their heels in and they say, look, we're going to go fight this in court. Uh, what appears to be the strategy of uh, kind of XRP slash Ripple, whatever the entity that you want to uh, kind of describe there, is that they are choosing to go and, and uh, debate it, to go and present their case. And so that can take a long time, right? The ongoing Ripple SEC. 
What's very telling about that interview is the fact that Pompliano is slowly shifting his stance on XRP. He didn't come out and say anything bullish there. But what he did say is that what's coming to fruition right now is that Ripple has been fighting this case for two years. And when they decide to dig their heels in, they're going to get a resolution at some point. So Johnny Crypto, I'd like to get some of your thoughts. How do you feel about Pompliano's comments? He's 100% right. They have no choice, Abs. The, the, the SEC has left them no choice. Abs, I wish you could play that, that, that thing on Twitter. The SEC went to that, or I'm sorry, Coinbase went to, you know, Coinbase put out a great little uh, ad yesterday. And in it, you see that last year alone, they went to them 30 times. 30. Not one, not two. There it is. Not the, they mentioned 57 times about staking, right? So it's not like they didn't tell anybody about it. And they went to see it for 30 times. There it is right there, okay? And they couldn't get an answer. So now they're being sued, and there's two options. You settle with, with the company that wasn't willing to work with you on 30 times. Oh, but now they're going to? You're going to really believe that? Or what's left? You have no choice. You have to go to court. So they got to go to court. They're going to have to fight it in court. And basically, the reality is what this is what I was saying earlier. If we don't get a couple wins in this space, either in the Ripple win or the Coinbase win, it's going to be ugly. We need a couple wins here, and that's going to make it a lot easier. So you have to go to court, and you got to hope that these guys can win, and, and they have good, strong cases to win these things. So uh, if they do, then we're going to have a good outcome for crypto in the long run. Mario, 30 times Coinbase met with the SEC for guidance in just 2022 alone. And we used to talk about on this channel, Ripple met with the SEC five times. Apparently, that's a small number. So what do you think about Coinbase basically calling out the SEC here, claiming they're regulating by enforcement and not working with companies trying to comply? Yeah, I think this this video that the uh, that Coinbase put out yesterday just summarizes perfectly exactly what's happening, which is you know, who knows what's happening? It doesn't make any sense because you're, you're, they're asking the SEC for clarity. They're asking the SEC for, for, for guidance. They're not giving it to them. You know, they're asking, are these token securities? They're not answering. And then they're, they're doing this enforcement. And, you know, Gary Gensler saying the laws are existent. We don't need to make new laws. Well, then why, why can't an exchange register with the SEC? There is no way for them to register. They seeked that that um that assistance from the sec and they weren't able to register like it says right there come in and register well they tried repeatedly and it wasn't possible so it it, it the only thing that comes to mind is that this is very telling like they like the bull was saying they're coming after the winners and this is kind of the cost of doing business they're going to have to pay to be uh to continue to be in business and that's what the sec is after but I don't think anything is going to change, unfortunately, until possibly a change of administration. Um, there's, I mean, the crypto talks is at the forefront of of a lot of a lot of these um, these events that are happening, you know, at, at the the House Committee and whatever. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, it's it's very telling. Well, I want to get your thoughts as well, but let me just read this breaking news out of Coindesk. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit has ordered the SEC government to clarify its position on a rulemaking petition from the cryptocurrency Coinbase within seven days. So we are going to get a little bit more clarity, but what stuck out most about Coinbase to you? To me specifically, I have to stress this. A lot of the news that breaks is meant to get a reaction from us, right? We're not meant to get rich. We are typically the exit liquidity that is used to make massive profits for all these people. So let's let's just take a, an overhead view of what's going on. 
boom, lawsuits, boom, lawsuits, boom, lawsuits, fear porn everywhere. It's just it's just intended to keep us distracted because ultimately, and let me be clear, I think Ripple's in bed with all these government agencies, right? I think Coinbase is in bed with these government agencies. Ultimately, I think a lot of these things are planned out behind the scenes a long time in advance, and we just figure it out to, to you know, get us to be really upset or really scared or feel really emotionally invested in these things and act like these companies give a solitary shit about us. Coinbase, the the, the original shareholders, they, they sold the exact top on us, right? So ultimately, that's that's the reality. And and that's fine. Like that's their imperative is to make money. But let's not get it twisted. Like we shouldn't know exactly what they're doing. So I say that to say this. Um, I think that Coinbase has a very legitimate shot of getting clarity for the exchanges as a whole. I think while we're over here as XRP holders, having gone through two and a half years of litigation, I don't think these exchanges will uh, simply because Congress is going to act. I think that's something that is in the background that we haven't seen really happen yet. But I think after the the moves that Gary has done and the shit show performance Gary did in front of Congress the other day, by the way, uh, I think that one two punch is is going to activate members of Congress to get the pedal to the metal. Let's get some legislation passed. And uh, I, th- I think we're going to get clarity sooner than we expect. Um I don't think it'll be a drawn, drawn out process like it was with this Ripple case. So let me ask you this. Throughout the week, we've been talking about how the Atomic Wallet was hacked over the weekend. And obviously last week there was a ledger debacle where they they were adjusting their seed phrase. And it was just a horrible public relations moment. But guys, we got 558 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say thank you to the Bearable Bull for making time for us this morning. What we're trying to do, what we're trying to do right now is paint a picture of how institutions are pushing people away from exchanges, away from self-custody, and into, uh, what do they call them, qualified custodians in the United States. So the Atomic Wallet hack cost users $35 million worth of tokens, and specifically, 21 million XRP was lost during the Atomic Wallet hack. Now, the reason I bring it up is because we saw Brad Garlinghouse like this tweet yesterday that said, the SEC is going harder at Binance, Coinbase, Kraken, and Ripple than it ever did for FTX. That says all you need to know about the situation. The previous tweet that he had liked on his account was dimes to donuts. This thing is over, obviously in reference to the Ripple lawsuit. My brain immediately goes to when NASDAQ congratulated Ripple on their acquisition of Medico, which obviously is crypto custody services. Medico is working with companies like Citibank, IBM, and several other institutions that are already known around the world. So my question to you is this. Do you think the timing is a coincidence? Are we seeing a coordinated effort from institutions to maybe even facilitate some of these hardware wallet hacks and push people away from custody, away from exchanges and into the NASDAQ, into some of these custody services that are coming in only the next 60 days. Yeah, I think uh, I think ultimately what we need to know is that mass adoption won't come until the big boys have uh, custody solutions that mom and pop can use, that our grandparents can use and that will ultimately let people that aren't tech savvy use. Um, we can't be self-righteous crypto holders when it comes to this. We want to become trillionaires, but then we also don't want to uh, let the government come into crypto. That's not going to happen. Uh, the government's grappling the space. They're going to take over. Um, that's what we've always been prepared for, 
right? That's why we are XRP holders because we know they're coming with their CBDCs and all that. Um, we know what Arthur Brito and David Schwartz have been doing over at PolySign. You know what Standard Custody is doing. And we see this medical acquisition. There are no coincidences, my friend. Uh, they create the problems to get our reactions and boom, here we go with the solutions strategically in place. So I think uh, I think Ripple knows exactly what they're doing and uh, it's going to be a powerful show to behold. Italian Stallion, floor is yours, my friend. You know, in the long run, um, you know, obviously people thought certain things were safe, you know, that the exchanges were safe and then you find they're not. Now you have self-custody walls like Atomic that, that, you know, obviously everyone thought that was a safe solution and it wasn't as well. And they're doing a terrible, terrible job managing the situation and communicating to people. Um, you know, I had some stuff on their apps, as you know, and I lost some stuff on there and they have not done a good job at all of keeping us up to date on what's happening. And the reality is things like that cause people to lose faith in the system. And the bull just said it. <clears throat> and you and I talked about this yesterday. This is what's going to lead things like, Hey, you know what? Those things aren't safe, but come to, you know, chase, come to JP Morgan, come to E-Trade, come to Charles Schwab and, and all those bigger agencies that are going, hey, we're going to custody your stuff and we're going to insure it. And when that happens, that's when this thing is going to happen. So I really I agree with the bull here that you really need, you know, you had the sandbox that was built by a bunch of kids in the backyard. Right. And for the past 10, 12 years, they've been playing in it and people have making a ton of money off it. But the big boys realize, hey, we want that sandbox now. And that's what you're seeing happening. And once they own that sandbox, this is going to be a completely different space completely different world. So for folks who are here early, I think it's still going to, going to be able to benefit, but you know, you, you can't have a space where like you, you see people asking questions right now in our chat. They're literally saying apps, where do I put my crypto? They're asking, is it, is a ledger safe? Is, is this cold war safe? Nobody knows anymore because even a cold wallet could have vulnerabilities. Cause at the end of the day, it's all software. And yes, there's hardware elements to it, but you saw ledger was going to create a backdoor path that, you wouldn't even need it. So the reality is it's uncertain. And the only thing people want with their money is certainty. They want it insured and they want it safe that we can be trusted. And that's what I think you're going to see happening in the next year. You're going to hear all this discussion about moving things in place. Like, hey, put your crypto here. It's safe. And what do we just find out? NASDAQ, you know, they're going to be custody crypto. And so I think you're going to find all these things happening where, where is it safe to custody your crypto and it's insured. And when that happens, um, you're going to then see the confidence come back and people will, will I think that's when the space can really explode. And this is an image that got me excited yesterday. Somebody, found, somebody found a, a clip from Medicos. Um, I believe they were pitching banks on how they're going to move people into the financial system digitally. They talked about wave one being the adoption from Coinbase, crypto.com, Kraken, Chainlink, several other crypto exchanges here in self-custody wallets. Well, what's here in wave two, Bearable Bull? That would be some of the largest banks on the planet JP Morgan, Visa, MasterCard, HSBC, and Citibank are all on this list. And they're talking about wave two coming into fruition. Obviously, we're going to need regulation before we see that, guys. And the best way to profit during this next bull run is by decentralizing your portfolio and not being exposed into one location. So with that being said, here's the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. 
It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Not only is it the smartest way to track your crypto, guys, you get access to our new uh, application 30 days absolutely free. So check it out. The link is right down below. We're also going to be taking some people and allowing them to use our product from the waitlist. So multiple advantages to being on the waitlist there. And Bearable Bull, what I'd like to get into next is how Gary Gensler is regulating the market through exchanges. And this is a clip from this morning on Fox Business talking about Gary Gensler. Here's kind of what I know from inside the securities industry. Now you have to understand this. Securities lawyers they often worked at the, at the SEC, so they have sources there, and they know what's going on there. What they are telling me, and Ellie Tarrant, who's my producer, is very plugged in in the crypto world, by the way. She's, one of the, she's become one of the best crypto reporters in the business, and it's right here at Fox. It's pretty amazing. Um, they're saying that Gary Gensler, for all intents and purposes, wants to end crypto as a major industry. Maybe a backwater, maybe something where there's a few things happening. But he wants this thing done. Uh, here's kind of what I. It's pretty clear he wants this thing done is what he said. And there's one more clip I'd like to play from yesterday as Gary Gensler said something he's never said before on CNBC. And the clip in and of itself, Johnny, it's pretty scary as an American investor, because I'm wondering why is he motivated to say something like this? Here we go. Look, we don't need more. Uh, digital currency. We already have digital currency. It's called the U.S. dollar. It's called the euro. It's called the yen. They're all digital right now. Look, Johnny Crypto, I couldn't disagree more when you talk about comparing the digital yen to cryptocurrencies today, but there's a reason that Gary Gensler is regulating the market this way. So what sticks out to you? Yeah, told you. He's been told. (laughs) He's just a puppet. He's just pushing the agenda of above. We know what agenda we're in right now. We're in something called Operation Choke Point. Right, which is killed, crushed crypto right now. So that's the agenda narrative he's been told, and that's what he's doing. Go watch his, go watch all. In fact, I wish we had the video clip. It would have been great. Somebody had it. Go watch what he would say when he was an MIT professor in college teaching crypto. There were a couple things of security, but 75% he talked about were, were commodities. And so he had a completely different position. And I'm certainly sure if the top said to him, hey, Gary, We're not going to do Operation Choke Point. We're going to do Operation Unchoke Point. I want you to grow crypto. I want you to make it happen. I guarantee you, you would see a different Gary Gensler. You would have forms that you actually could fill out. You know, you go on the form right now when you want to be a crypto company. The first thing it asks you is how many shares you want to offer. What? I mean, shares don't even exist in crypto. We don't have the right forms or documentation in place because they haven't been given the green light to do this. Right. And so you can't, you can't. You can't listen to what they're saying. You got to see what they're doing. And that's the bottom line. And so what you're seeing right here is Gary's just pushing the agenda that he's being told to push in his crushed crypto right now. And that's why you're hearing these things. What I'm looking forward to, Abs, is the day when he's given the green light. And then we see a completely different Gary. We see the other side of him. And the everyone's going to call it hypocrisy. But the reality is it's just what Bull said earlier. There, He's stalling. And this is my opinion. 
So I could be completely wrong. But my gut is the big boys are using him to stall this space, let them get everything in position. We see it happening. You just showed a picture on the wall where they're drawing, showing, hey, we're moving from this little bunch of guys in the sandbox to the big players. Once that's all done, then Operation Unchoke Point happens. Mark it down. You heard it here first from Nostradamus. Unchoke Point will happen at some point in time. We're all going to, everybody who hates Gary is eventually going to love Gary if he's even still there. Or who's ever in that seat, whichever puppet is in that seat, they're gonna love him when un- Operation Unchoke Point comes. That's my that's my that's my guess. And it's only a matter of time, Johnny, because we're gonna be seeing the Hinman email starting on June 13th. And Bearable Bull, I'm not sure if you saw this earlier this week, but William Hinman's bio was removed from the SEC's website, and we believe we know why, as there's a couple sentences in here that talk about how he works at Simpson and Thatcher, which is of course a member of the Ethereum Alliance. We're showing it on our screen for all of our YouTube listeners now. The entire bio was deleted, and here's why, right? We're going to play a quick update from John Deaton as we interviewed him on Friday, and this is what he thinks could be within these him and emails. We got Brad Garlinghouse saying it's going to shock people, and and when I, he says that, I think he means the rest of the world, not so much the XRP community, because I don't know if we can be shocked anymore. We've seen so much nonsense out of the SEC, but but maybe we, we will be. You know, the question is, there's been so much built up on these emails. Will they be a little underwhelming or will they truly shock us? We're going to find out. But it's going to be incredible to see. That's what we're all waiting on here. Not only to see what the William Hinman emails reveal, but to see if they use him as an scapegoat. And one of the theories I'm seeing going around on Twitter, and I actually said this a few weeks ago, Johnny. So if you remember, I did call this out. They're going to use William Hinman as a rogue agent. They're going to use him as a fall guy. They're going to say that he was supposed to say things in that speech that he didn't say, and he also said things that they agreed he wouldn't. So I'd like to hear, what do you think? Do you think they're going to use William Hinman as the fall man for for regulating crypto? They probably will because the SEC has no morals, right? Um, Hinman is a security, like you see me type in there. (laughs) Why not? Everything's a security. But ultimately, I really want to see some some reining in of of the SEC from Congress. This isn't going to stop until we see our politicians do what they extract tax dollars to do, right? Like where are where are all our taxes going to expensive vacations and nonsense? That's that's where it's going. I just want to see some regulations from over the top so all this can kind of get uh, settled away because it's 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 getting a little ridiculous at this point. Yeah, yeah. abs. I agree with Bull here. You got to follow the money. You said something earlier. You said, why did FTX not get sued? Mm-hmm. And then you see everybody else getting sued. Follow the money. FTX put more money in politicians' pockets than anybody else. Has Ripple and Coinbase and Binance put money in their pockets? No. You have to create a coalition. You have to get a lobbyist group going, and you need to pay the congressman. If you get those lobbyists going, you will see a bill come out like you've never seen before. But, again, you know, it's just simple. Follow the money. And Johnny, here's an update out of Bra- out of Charles Hoskinson, the founder of Cardano. Anybody who's been following our channel knows that we had some beef with Charles Cardano or with Cardano um, in December of 2022. He put out a, a Twitter video talking about the XRP community and how he will never be participating in anything that the XRP community is in because they were mean to him. So I called him out on Twitter and I said, this speech is similar to stating you will never again go to a conference where Bitcoin developers are because some of the holders insulted you on Twitter. This is the Wild West with cowardice cowboys. Here we have him coming full circle, guys. As Charles, he's not only acknowledging that the SEC is regulating incorrectly, he thinks it's a specific 
guidance from the president of the United States. So here's the clip. Choke point 2.0 is a thing. We see it across the whole industry from ED banks being rejected accounts to basically everything becoming a security now, I guess. It comes back to the problem that we tried to highlight at the beginning of the show. They waited too long to fight back against the SEC. And now we got projects like Cardano being called security. So let me ask you this. Are you willing to accept them on our side, Variable The same guys who were criticizing us six months ago are now trying to join the army. Of course, um, we can't become the maxis we so despise. Um, ultimately, Charles was one of my favorite people in all of crypto until he wanted to call us all conspiracy theorists. Um, I feel like that's such a that term has been stained over the past couple of years, but then those very same conspiracy theorists have been vindicated uh, completely and absolutely. And I think what's going to be happening is that that's going to be synonymous with, oh, holy shit, motherfucker, you were right uh, over the years to come. So um, no hard feelings towards Charles. It's great because now I could buy some cheap ADA and uh, watch as, as people come together. But it, it comes back to the point I mentioned. The best case scenario for XRP holders has and always will be we get clarity while everyone else is going through litigation, right? Look at look at the algo price right now, right? I would like to see XRP run up a little bit, maybe take a little off the top and diversify into a little algo. That doesn't mean I want to sell XRP, but that's some cheap algo, right? Maybe gain a little bit of a position there. So it's it's all about um, math and and the charts buy low, sell high as always, and, and understanding it's it's an emotionless game that we have to play. Don't be too married to any single one token because we do suffer the consequences when we're too married and over emotionally invested into things. But it's it's going to be a show to behold without a doubt. Things are getting exciting, and uh, this is this is what I live for personally. And anyone who who's in here in the audience, and if this is your first rodeo. You chose a rodeo to join because this is this is the greatest show on earth. This is a bottom and close to the lowest we're gonna get. FTX and Terra Luna were awful. This was, uh, you know, it wasn't too bad. Um, I do think one more big boy is coming later this year, but we we've, we've made it through the essential storm uh, from a time horizon. I think we're close to seeing beautiful prices uh, coming our way and and this is where we have to act and and take power into our own hands so let me ask you one quick follow-up here one of our listeners declan commented the him and emails will show that ripple's arrangement to sell xrp at a discount via the market makers for years this might upset xrp holders i do agree that there's going to be some stuff revealed from these emails and from this lawsuit that xrp holders may not be happy with so are you anticipating any not bad news but maybe negative news from these emails I think people need to not have a self-righteous approach when it comes to these things. For example, Ethereum holders don't give a solitary shit that Mike Novogratz and other anonymous VCs got Ethereum less than a dollar and then sell the exact top through the Ethereum Foundation uh, two bull markets in a row, right? Like that, what, what, They're in it for the money. And ultimately, uh, when it comes to Ripple and XRP, a big Part of the reason why XRP got shitted on by the likes of Mike Novogratz and the Ethereum Foundation and the Lubins of the world and other VCs, and they're not purported or, or promoted that often, is because they don't sell their XRP at a discount to VCs, right? They do try to sell um, their XRP to market makers, 
um, for the promotion of on-demand liquidity. And if they have to incentivize um, some of those a little bit with a slightly cheaper price, I don't care. Um, could that come out? Maybe. But ultimately, it's nothing that would really shock me. We can't be self-righteous when it comes to these things. It's ultimately all about are there are they selling it in, in a way to build utility? Because every other crypto does it. All of them do it. Like it funds operations. Like that's why Ripple has a multi or a, a billion plus dollars in a war chest to be able to fight the SEC. So keep that in mind, guys. Keep that in mind. Johnny, check out this latest update as well. Charles Hoskinson, the founder of Cardano, responded to the SEC's allegations that his cryptocurrency was a security. He said, with respect to Binance, I'm reading through the SEC's complaint. It's over 130 pages, but it seems like the next series of steps to implement for Choke Point 2.0 in the United States. The end goal is an agenda-based CBDC partner with a handful of massive banks and end-to-end control over every aspect of your financial life. Guys, this is Charles Hoskinson. This isn't a conspiracy theorist. This is one of the most powerful and influential men in crypto. And Johnny, there's a follow-up video I'm going to play from BlackRock, but really quick, any comments before we hear from Mario? We've been saying this for the longest time on this show. Here, I I got it written down. Are you surprised? I mean, here it is. (laughs) We've known this is coming for the longest time. I wrote it down for like a year ago, right? We've been saying that you're going to hear a narrative from this government that's going to tell you crypto is bad and CBDC is good. What did you just hear Gary say this morning? What did Gary just say? What did he say? He said, we don't need crypto. You know, we already have it. We're right here. We already have digital now, right? He said, you don't need it. There you go. Crypto's bad. And then, and then, and what, it, what's Charles saying? You know, what's the, what's the lawsuit indicating? CBDC is coming. CBDC is good. There you go. No question about it. That this is, they're, they're, they're crushing that space. They're going to push everybody into that thing. And then they'll leave some portion of whatever dust remains of crypto to be there. And it'll grow and it'll be its thing. You know, I certainly think it isn't going away. But, man, they're doing their damnedest to really, really hold it back because of, of that that narrative and where they want to push us or where they want to go with it. So I am not surprised at all by that, Abs. I think this is where we're coming. And so the question is going to be, how does this play out in court? Do the courts... You know, do the if the, if if these companies lose in court and it's it's pretty much game over. So we really got to hope that we start seeing some victories, and we're gonna find out soon enough. Hopefully, we're we're close to the first one. And you know, again, now it depends. Remember, there's three ruling outcomes, very critical. If they settle, right, and then let's say they settle in favor of Ripple, or and then and they agree that secondary sales are not a security, then that only helps Ripple, the company, or helps XRP and nobody else, right? The second ruling is. The judge herself makes a ruling, and that becomes a, a, a you know a very small precedent just within that area of her court system, and, and that can get appealed. And if it gets appealed to the appellate court, that's a district. And if they rule in favor of of or hold uphold the favor or rule in favor of Ripple, then that sets precedent, a good decent precedent for that district, as we learned from from John Deaton in that space. And that's a much better rule. And that helps the industry as a whole to some degree. And if that gets bought and goes to Supreme court and they rule on it, then it's game over. So there's three different rulings. We need to see what kind of ruling comes out or what happens, how this settlement or ruling happens. And that'll kind of dictate what level of degree of support, you know, how this is in favor of ripple alone or cryptocurrency as a whole. 
And Johnny, we may even see the segmentation of the American economy when it comes to CBDCs because states like Florida and Texas are banning this technology. But I'm sure that we're going to see uh, states like Massachusetts, New York, California be very quick to adopt this new tech and bearable bull. Mm -hmm. We're going to show our actually. Did you have any additional comments before I play this video out of BlackRock? Yeah. So I think you made a great point. Um, it's it's funny. It's I've always told people I hate it when things get politicized because eventually it'll be like, oh, crypto is racist. <laughs> oh, CBDCs are good. If you don't if you don't uh, adopt this, then then you want the world to burn because of climate change, whatever, whatever bullshit is going to happen. It's it's beginning to look like to me that CBDCs and anti and an anti crypto outlook is beginning to be adopted by the Democratic Party. And it's beginning to look to me like a pro crypto stance and an anti CBDC stance is, is beginning to be adopted by the Republicans. And that's the unfortunate case of the matter. And what I'll, what I'll add is it makes a lot of sense because with the lockdowns that happened during the health crisis, uh, it'll be a lot more easy to implement those lockdowns with the CBDC style system um, in some of the cities and states that did those things. So as frustrating as that sounds is that, and as frustrating as that is, uh, it's it's the reality that I see coming. So just, just always be conscious and have the eyes to see what the agenda is and, and don't fall into the politics, just know what they're doing. Whoever controls the money, controls the information and controls the people. It's like Coach JV always says, and we're going to show you guys who controls the money today. But before we do, we got 548 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here on this Wednesday. This is BlackRock's uh, CEO, Larry Fink, along with the CEO of Amex, explaining his desire for forced behaviors back in 2017. I want you to think about the C-19 crisis we all went through in 2020 and how many of his ideas were implemented during that time. That's, that's an investment criteria for you. Well, behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. 54% uh, of the incoming class are women. We, we added four more points in terms of diverse uh, employment this year. And it, if it, it, you know, what we are doing internally is if you don't achieve these levels of impact, it, your compensation could be impacted, okay? We're and, doing the same thing. And so it's just, it, you have to force behaviors. And you have to force behaviors, Mario. And who gets to decide what behaviors they're enforcing? That would be this man right here. This is the God when it comes to what's good and bad. And of course, in the future, if you look at where we're going, you're going to be penalized for owning a car. You're going to be penalized for traveling. You maybe even be penalized for buying certain products within the market. And the way that they can control those transactions is through a central bank digital currency. But Mario, before we kick it to the bull, what does this clip mean to you? Yeah, that's the very scary part of a CBDC is the amount of control that or you know the, the amount of freedom that it will take away from us. So hopefully that's not... I mean, we're definitely going to get a uh, digital currency. We're definitely going to have a form of CBDC. I just hope that those that kind of control doesn't end up being built into it. And, um, you know, as far as uh, what you guys were discussing before, I just wanted to say that this battle with crypto started two and a half years ago with SEC going after Ripple. Unfortunately, the anti-Ripple, anti-XRP or the Maxis didn't see it that way. They kind of applauded whenever, you know, Ripple was put, uh, was slammed with that lawsuit. Now, two and a half years later, they're coming after the entire crypto space. It's not, it's not just those coins that were listed there.
you know, it's it's the entire crypto space. And now they're like, oh, you know, crypto needs to come together. So it started two and a half years ago. Crypto needed to come together two and a half years ago. As far as the uh, the resolution, like I've been thinking about this scenario where we we could be coming to a close with Ripple. But now that the SEC is going after or that they've sla- they've created another two lawsuits, basically going after the same thing, claiming securities, what are the chances that this current lawsuit with Ripple doesn't get delayed because the judge wants to see how the whole thing plays out? I don't know. I've just I'm not a law expert, but that thought did pen into my head that we could potentially see a delay come out of the Ripple because of now having two more lawsuits for the same uh, same thing. You know, and building on that, Mario, think about this, what they did. So the SEC back in 2021 decided to go after, 2020, go after one company, right? One one mean crypto, right? And it's been two years they've held them back. Dabs, you asked a very important question earlier. You're like, do they have the resources to go, you know, do all this thing? Well, they don't have the resources to go after every single crypto company or, or those on the list that they think are securities, right? If they went after those 18 companies, forget about it. They would be, they'd have no shot. So what's the best way to do it? You don't go after the actual crypto themselves. You go after the exchanges. If you shut the exchanges down, right, uh, hence the name Choke Point, you now can stop the whole industry or kind of put it put it on hold. So that's what you're going to see. You're not going to see them going after individual companies. I mean, maybe they'll pick one or two, but they ain't going after all 18. They don't have the resources for, for it. Instead, they've chosen a different approach, which is, hey, we'll just shut the doors. They've closed the banks down. You've seen the banks, you know, to be able to provide money. That's hurt the on and off ramps. Now they're going after the exchanges. They're just making it extremely, extremely difficult. And Mara is 100% right. We've been saying it for a while. These guys needed to come together years ago. And instead, they were all pointing fingers at each other and maxing maxing behavior. And they were, oh, yeah, this is great. They're getting sued. No, you moron. You should have saw this coming. If they came after you, they were coming after them next. But no, they didn't see it that way. And now they're all paying the price for it. Yeah. And. Kind of to to add to the topic we were discussing earlier about Larry Fink and trying to force behaviors, I think we're seeing one of the biggest financial counterstrikes on the planet right now. And I'll explain to you guys what I mean. Um, we're seeing the mass boycott of companies like Bud Light, companies like Target, and a couple others that are really pushing a certain narrative and agenda, um, regardless of how you feel about that. It's 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 something that the elites want to push, and it's something that everyday Americans that don't support it are pushing back against. And trust me when I tell you that is definitely a BlackRock and ESG and DEI and CEI like agenda that will eventually be implemented into the social credit score style system. So if these successful boycotts do occur, let's say a Bud Light or a Target, for example, for whatever reason. Um, which it seems to be very successful right now with the stocks falling like 20% due to these boycotts. If that happens, we could see a new age of of, um, people really having power over where markets go. So it's something to be very aware of and and think closely about. And, you know, just understand that, that we are in the stages now where we could still act before CBDCs come into play. Right. There will be a point where we can't. So, um, yeah, time will tell. I'm cautiously optimistic people can unite, but just always have the eyes to see and always just be aware of what's going on, my friends. 
Well, you know what 2023 has really awakened me when it comes to this perspective. I often thought that politicians in the United States and financial entities like JP Morgan had an allegiance to America. But now what I'm realizing is that uh, organizations like the IMF and the World Economic Forum, they have zero allegiance to American success. And what they do have an allegiance to is a one world currency, a one world financial system, and eventually a one world control mechanism. You can call it a one world government. And we're going to give you guys an update on central bank digital currencies, Bull. 11 countries today have launched CBDCs, 18 are in a pilot, but there's 120 countries that are currently working on CBDC development. That's 95% of total global GDP. And so what I'd like to paint here is the picture of what happened in 2019 and how that could have been very different if we had social credit scores and CBDCs. In 2027, what they're warning us of right now is another global pandemic, but something much worse. And we're we're not going to call it a pandemic. We'll call it a plandemic. What they're planning right now is the World Economic Forum is saying, We're going to have a blackout on a global scale. Financial system's going to go down and we're going to need a solution, which could be central bank digital currency. So the question that I have for you is with the coordinated attack that we're seeing on the financial system today, do you believe we will see a blackout? This is a a number one theory going around. It was around in 2022 as well. Do you think there's going to be a day where, where the internet goes out and the financial system has a reset or do you think it's going to be a gradual change? The other day, I posted a clip of uh, the CEO of Crunchfish, I believe. They're a crypto company specifically involved with offline payments. When If the financial system and internet goes down, you could still make payments. Wow. Would you believe that? That seems like the perfect type of... Uh, Solution. <laughs> that's a perfect type of solution to be able to uh, start promoting... In the event something like this happens and i don't want to get tinfoil hattie on anybody here today just not today usually i do but not today um but what i will say is they they've put it out there you know when when they speak about these things it's it's typically because they have it in the works in some way shape or form they always need a crisis to come into play to bring on the new world or new solutions that they want to put in and Ultimately, the majority of the population, they're going to fall for it. And and the percentage of us that have been calling this for years, we're going to be called crazy, even though we've always been right. So it's the same rinse, repeat cycle every single time. Unfortunately, I feel like there's a saying, uh, 90% of people are asleep, four people are awake trying to wake them up, and 1% of people are trying to stop all of them from from taking action so i feel like we're part of the four percent of people awake trying to wake people up and most people won't wake up until it's too late so let's see what happens my friends let's see what happens johnny and one of the things that's clearly not a coincidence is that elizabeth warren is building an anti-crypto campaign across america and just before gary gensler filed lawsuits against binance and coinbase she had a headline out that said crypto funds the fentanyl problem in the united states so my question to you is Obviously, it's a coordinated attack. Do you think Gary Gensler and Elizabeth Warren are purposefully dragging down crypto to bring in CBDCs? Well, I think it's just follow the money. I'm sure there's money. I'm sure if you followed the money, you would very easily be able to see, um, you know, and and Bull talked about this earlier and he's spot on. We're clearly seeing a divide between the Republican side and the Democratic side other than RFK. Uh, Pretty much all Democrats are pretty much lining up to be against crypto. And you're seeing... Um, a lot of Republicans in favor of crypto. So, uh, you know, if I were to guess, that's where you're seeing the money being fumbled, funneling from the lobbyists. But to me, so she's just the face of it, Ab. She's just leading it for whatever the reason they chose her to be the face of this thing. 
Um, but don't, it's, it's not her. There's a bigger agenda behind it. And so you should pay attention to that because if they're being lobbied and they're being money to push these two narratives, now the question is which narrative wins? Well, look at the guy at the top. Now the real question is who's going to be at the top in 2024. If we get a Republican at the top, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or uh, I forgot the other guys running, but if one of those two, they're already pro crypto. Um, they, you know, everybody's like, oh, this happened under Trump. This is Trump's anti-crypto. Trump, you know, happened with Clayton. Listen, it happened on the last day of Clayton's thing when Trump was out of office. If Trump was anti-crypto, why would for four years he let it happen? That just, that, that theory just makes no logic to, you know, no sense to me at all. But nonetheless, to me, I think it's really going to matter. The whole state of crypto, it's really going to matter who's at the top of 2024. It's going to be a crucial election. And we already know. Crypto is going to be, oh, you're already hearing these guys talking about it. The Sanctus mentioned it. RFK mentioned it. It's probably going to be a talking point in the next election. So we'll see how much that weighs in into who wins at the top. Supposedly mm-hmm. over 50 million Americans own crypto today. So to see them leading an anti-crypto campaign across America, I don't think it's going to be favorable with American citizens. And guys, we got 570 live listeners joining us. If you appreciate this content, show us some support, smash that like button and bearable bull. This is the number one question that seems to be coming to fruition now. Is Ethereum a security? Jack Dorsey tuned in and said, yes, a resounding yes with a period. And what we've been talking about on our, on our channel is how we think the SEC is going to go after two components of crypto. One is going to be staking. Two is going to be the, uh, the burning of crypto tokens. Ethereum does both of those things. So my question to you is, do you think there's going to be a day where the SEC goes after Ethereum for maybe their ICO or maybe their staking protocol? Sure. I think absolutely Ether, especially ETH 2.0 is definitely a security. I think Ether before the the merge wasn't because it had gotten decentralized enough. And, you know, as uh, as had been stated previously by the former chair of the CFTC, you can go from being a security to a commodity, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, we don't really know what the rules are at all. But this is what I'll say. We have uncovered in the XRP community all the documents, all the videos, all the all the suggest the the suggest Jeff, excuse me suggestive talking points by Vitalik and Joe Lubin and consensus and paperwork of Clayton and Hinman collusion. All of this, we know the truth. They did an illegal ICO. They paid off the government to the best of their ability to try and let it function for as long as they wanted to, or as long as they could. And, you know, people made out off like bandits. Is today's ether security? Absolutely, right? And that's unfortunate. But the reality of the situation is, um, it's good if ether does well, right? For crypto, it's good as if ether does well. I think we need just some guidance on how to uh, go from a security to a commodity because I do think the initial offerings of these tokens are security offerings. I'm not over here a self-righteous XRP dude saying XRP was never sold as a security. I think for a time it was, right? And I think most of us think so too, and we don't care, right? Because that's on the that's on the company side, that's on the private equity side. Nobody cares. We care about the secondary market. Can we buy, sell, trade it, and um that's that's where the clarity needs to come in what is the initial sale and then what happens after the initial sale where people and developers and builders can build on the decentralized networks that's it um hester pierce has talked about 
her guidance on the safe harbor proposal that has been ignored because Gary Gunsler is a misogynist. I'm just going to say it right now. Why not? Let's let's <laughs> let's send that through the echo chamber. Let's call him a misogynist. But in all seriousness, uh, we have the solutions. We know the truth. We've always been correct. The army have, has always been correct. We don't do poor research. We do great research. It's just a matter of when the truth comes to the surface and making sure we could persevere through the amount of time we've had to wait through. Right. So Johnny. Crypto. Oh, God. No, that's it. We're closed, guys. Perfect. And Johnny Crypto, the thing I wanted to actually ask you to close us out on is you experienced the atomic wallet hack. And I always laugh when you're typing while I'm talking because I never know if you're listening. But you did experience the atomic wallet hack this weekend. And I wanted to give you a chance to talk about it just a little bit. 21 million XRP tokens were stolen. Zero information has been given on how they're going to go about recovering those funds or repaying people who were hacked. But let me ask you, there was a guy that you wanted to get their attention of. I think it was Zach XRP. So maybe you can talk about that. Actually, it's Zach's XBT. He was a hacker out there helping people recover. And he did. He actually helped somebody, I think, recover over a million dollars worth. But it's been really, really tough. You know, one thing I learned in this whole debacle is there's really not a clear... Uh, there's not there's really not a clear way to know what to do when you get hacked, who to go to for help. Uh, there's a few companies that say they do it. There's more scammers out there than there aren't. And so it's a very, very interesting uh, scenario to be. And it's certainly there needs to be, um, you know, there's an opportunity here for some companies to come in and fill that gap right now of, hey, when you get hacked. Now, obviously, we know reversing a, a crypto transaction is almost impossible. But those guys were able to do a couple. You need a hacker, basically. You have to hire a hacker to unhack the hack. It's just how it works. And and there are guys and companies that do it, but they're very, very hard to reach. You can't pick up the phone and call anybody. That doesn't exist. Um, you just email and then you sit and wait. So, yeah. So, Zach XBT, if he's out there, yo, please send me a DM. I tried to DM him. I know he's probably swamped, but would love to talk to somebody to figure out what options do we have to do things on our own because Atomic Wallet, Complete disaster. They have handled their communication has been awful. They haven't reached out to any of us at all. They just basically, you know, put a tweet out with three words every 12, 24, every 36 hours, not telling you much. And you're kind of in the dark. So, you know, and listen, I didn't lose anywhere near like some guy lost $8 million, right? I mean, some people lost big, big bucks and they can't even get a response from this company. It's very, very sad. So, guys, at the end of the day, you know, you've got to find a way. You know, most likely an air-gapped cold wallet is your best bet. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about that for a while. There's Ellie Paul out there that's completely air-gapped, and that's probably, you know, where where I think will be a safe bet. But it is really, really sad out there. But, yeah, if anybody knows people who can, can help anybody who got hacked, if you know anybody here, guys, you know, send me a DM so we can help others as well. A lot of people, they say only 1%, but 1% of 5 million people is still a big number of people that got screwed mm-hmm. in this. Bearable Bull, we're going to move on and close the show out with an interesting article right here. As Coinbase and Robinhood are testifying before the House Committee on the Republican Crypto Bill, and this is an update from yesterday, actually. So Coinbase and Robinhood both testified in court for cryptocurrencies yesterday. And guys, we got 522 live listeners joining us. If you want us to keep making this content, smash that like button and check out this latest article. As Coinbase and Robinhood declare support, and this is intended to discuss with Democratic members. So this is very interesting here, Johnny. Representative Glenn Thompson said one lawmaker who initially advanced the draft bill discussion said that the meeting is intended to discuss the bill with Democratic members. He expressed a desire for a bipartisan joint committee and legislative proposal. Now, 
that may be too much to ask for, Bull. I hear you laughing. So what do you think? What's it mean to you? Yeah, I think, listen, I have zero confidence in politicians. <laughs> I have zero confidence in, I, I have minimal confidence in the court of law, to be honest with you. I think, I think the system overall is corrupt. I think we've seen it uh, left and right, especially over the past half decade. But what I will say is this, I think Ripple has fought the good fight. I think this case is coming to an end. We don't have any fraud that we've really revealed or that really has been revealed. And ultimately, I think that through this case, we're going to get a lot of clarity for the rest of the market. And I think uh, through the Coinbase and Binance cases, I think we're going to eventually get protections that we need to see um, just, just overall for consumers because exchanges do need more protections. And I think we all agree. What's What's funny is we're not over here trying to argue that crypto is fully legit and compliant and, and there's no nonsense going on. I'm sure there's some FTX style bullshit going on, on in Binance with them saying we're, we're, we're a fucking unlicensed security exchange, bro. I think I saw that happen. Crazy. I, I saw that. And, and that was a Binance member, I think a CCO or something like that back in 2018 said it so. We just need some more guidance. We need rules, but it's it's not just the crypto entrepreneurs that need rules. These these politicians just need to make the rules. And and once we get past all this, we're gonna go come to an island and, and somewhere and just party to our heart's desire. So <laughs> either an island or it could be Greece after watching your YouTube video this yes, week. Sir. The last yes, sir. article, I almost missed this one, but we got to talk a little bit about Chainlink because Swift and Chainlink are collaborating right now to test blockchain token transfers with at least 12 major banks. Here's a couple important uh, information articles to know about this. Banks working with Swift and Chainlink include Citibank, BNY Mellon, and a couple other billion-dollar industry participants. The trial will also look at how the industry could address potential operational and regulatory hurdles that the banks face in the blockchain environment. There's over 11,000 banks and financial institutions currently connected to Swift, and in this trial, Chainlink will provide connectivity across public and private blockchains within this experiment. Swift announced a participation with this blockchain infrastructure firm to explore interoperability through Chainlink's cross-chain interoperability protocol. The connectivity between banks and blockchains created by CCIP will also enable the growth of decentralized finance, as banks will find it increasingly easy to interact with public blockchains and move value to and from them using existing systems. Now, what's exciting about this is obviously it's not XRP related, but people are debating, is this industry moving forward with the United States? It doesn't matter. Swift Systems is upgrading. We've got the ISO upgrade taking place this year. So how do you feel about Chainlink overall and their collaboration with Swift? I'll start with you, Bull. I think Chainlink is a solid project. I think they they had a very big uh, FUD campaign going on about them, I think, three three, four years ago, something like that. But uh, there have been uh, connections between Chainlink and Swift for a long time, and it's seeming to me like they're continuing to develop on those. And ultimately, uh, I'm not sure where the price is right now, probably around 5 $6, something like that. That's that's a great entry relative to all-time high. And if you get a great entry and a solid token like that, it's 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 a... Uh, it typically works out at the end. So don't don't hold me on it, you rascals. But it, it does look pretty good for Chainlink. We won't hold you down here. And Johnny, I'd like to give you a chance to close us out. So what do you think about Chainlink? He brought up the price chart in particular. And right now we're sitting at about $6. But look at this. We always talk about the bear market regression. 
it was at about $51 at an all-time high. And now we've come all the way down to $5 and found very strong support here. So how do you feel about the SWIFT trial as well as the price chart? Love, I've always loved, listen, you know, what have I been saying for the longest time? You need interoperability amongst these blockchains for this system to actually, for adoption to really grow and happen. Just like TCP was an enabler for the internet back in 1997, 98, back in those days when you were in diapers, abs, basically today we need, yeah, you were, today we need, we need, you know, interoperability, whether it's quant or link or, or a couple of different ones together. I am super bullish on those because again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I know which one is going to win. I just know we need interoperability. So the best way to play that game is, you know, put, you know, you want to have a few of these horses in your stable. So, you know, you want to have some chain link, you want to have some quant, you want to have these things sitting there so that at the end of the day, when this stuff, um, you know, when it does happen, you put yourself in a position to, uh, to create generational wealth. So I, I love it. Absolutely bullish on it. And, and at that price, I mean, it's a 90% regression or, or pullback. I mean, you look at that and look at that flat line that you're seeing. That is a very, very, very strong line of consolidation at that level. And when the big boys are ready, they're going to, yeah, look at that. I mean, you couldn't ask for almost a straighter line in the chart. Look at that son bitch. I mean, look <laughs> at the bottom on that thing. Like it yeah, can't, yeah. what's the bottom there? It looks like well, it keeps hitting what about five. Yeah. What's that right there? 550-ish. 550 or something. When it hits that 550, it stays there for about a split second. And that's so bitch is out of it. So there's there's somebody buying, you know, there's orders to buy at that space or at that level. And to me, like if you could buy anywhere within the zone, in fact, matter of fact, I think I go buy some more right now after this call. But uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna FOMO right now, boo. I don't mind foaming when we're in the red. I love fear, I love red days. I buy on red days. I don't want to be buying on green, I don't want to be buying when we're in the green zone. But we're in the fear zone. I want to buy when it's ugly. I want to buy when you want to feel like you're pah, puking, right? When you don't, when it feels bad. You know, Warren Buffett says it the best: buy when it feels horrible. Buy the blood in the streets, and that's really what you're looking at. And boy, everything's bloodied right now for the most part. So this is great, in my opinion. Not financial advice, not financial advice, but this is just great times to dollar cost average in. And I'm definitely going to dollar cost average it more league for sure. Bearable mm -hmm. we're about to close out the show, but I want to just get a message from you. For anybody who's not familiar with your content, please remind them where they can find it. But also, as somebody who's been in this market for, I think, five years, or I don't even know how long, seven, eight years for you, what, mm -hmm. what advice do you have for somebody who's new in the market? Not financial advice, but just when you're looking at the market today, there's so much fear. People don't know where to store it. They come in with Bitcoin. They learn about Ethereum. Then they hear about all the crap going on with the SEC. So if you had a message for somebody who's just coming into this market, what would it be? You're in the right place. 99% of cryptos are going to die. Mm -hmm. Two's ones that are extremely fundamentally sound that you have done plenty of research in that you could weather holding through 90% pullbacks and bear markets and even a potential stock market crash and everything. Crypto is not an overnight get rich quick scheme. Uh, I've been waiting I think five years now to become an overnight quadrillionaire with XRP and it still hasn't happened overnight. So it's, it's a long grueling battle. Nothing is get rich quick. It's, it's one of those things where if you make your mark in the space, um, the space is very rewarding. Um, becoming a long-term investor, but also a long-term swing trader, uh, during the bull markets and bear market or during bear market bottoms and bull market peaks 
are the most beneficial thing you could do. Um, the the bottoms are incredible opportunities to become a millionaire when the peaks come. Don't be emotional. Um, do the opposite of what your emotions tell you initially, and you'll be very successful. Um, if you build something around the crypto industry, your your life will change forever. For example, just look at Jeremy Hogan. Look at John Deaton. Um, they both were just ordinary lawyers. And now not only are they lawyers, but they're also lawyers who create crypto content and make a genuine impact in the crypto industry. And trust me, that has probably multiplied their business and their personal lives before. Um, before I had this channel and other things, I didn't know where my life was going. Um, and here I am. I'm blessed enough to be able to speak with the greatest community of people on the planet, um, the strongest community of people on the planet. And uh, I don't know where I'd be without crypto. It's a very re rewarding place. You just have to play the games right and uh, and uh, choose the right bets, I guess I could say. Choose the right bets. Mario, the people are calling for it, so you got to give your opinion as well. Any messages for our people out there? No, I think the bull said it uh, pretty perfect. I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, just the one thing that I will say that I tweeted this morning is just remove the noise and then act accordingly. Uh, all this stuff is happening for a reason. We know that, as I mentioned earlier, we know that crypto is not going anywhere. It's here to stay. But as the bull said, you know, place your bets on the ones that you fundamentally feel have the strongest um, opportunity to be around, you know, five, 10 years from now one, or whenever this, uh, this thing is over. Um, and, and yeah, just act upon it and be patient. It is not an overnight thing. I have been in crypto since 20, 2017. And I am still waiting, like Bull, I'm still waiting for my XRP to make me uh, a billionaire. And we're still waiting. So, uh, yeah, just act accordingly, but remove the noise. Johnny, we're going full circle here. We may as well come to you next. What we're seeing right now is something very interesting. And, and they just laid it out right there. Everyone talks about 99% of cryptos going away. Well, lucky for us, there's 24,000 cryptos that exist today. So even if 1% stay, that leaves us with about 250 projects. So just to close the show out, what's your message? You know, that's exactly right. At the end of the day, you want to look at which of these things have a real world utility, real world solve use case. And that's why you have to do your research to make sure you understand, A, do they have a real world use case? Are they properly funded? Who are the developers behind it? You want to really have a good understanding of, you know, is, is it, you know, it's just a meme thing. What is it doing? Is it really legitimate? And then if so, what is the right amount of, of money you can risk in this space? And you should only be investing in this space money that you can afford to lose. Because as you said, a good chunk of these are going to go down. You only need one or two to hit it, and it can be huge, right? But at the end of the day, don't be putting in your rent money. Don't be putting in your baby food money. Make sure you're putting in disposable income that you can afford to put at risk. And then make uh, you know make those bets, a couple hundred dollars, whatever you want, in a couple different horses. Put your stable together. And then just set it and forget it, baby. That's what I'm doing. Absolutely, Johnny. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny. Thank you to Mario. And thank you to the Bearable Bull as well. We got 490 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button on your way out of here. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Bull. Much love, guys.